Hello and welcome to the Vuma podcast series, Let's Talk Faith. My name is Jack Devnarayan. The outbreak of the COVID-19 pandemic put many faith leaders under pressure as communities were knocked sideways by the events of 2020. But now we are further down the line. Let's find out how things have changed. Today in studio, we are joined by Rabbi Ash, a born salesman, whether it's religion or products. Matthew Dos Santos, a youth pastor at Redemption Church, and Pastor Ndumiso Mazibuko, a preacher, motivational speaker, writer, and a regular contributor to radio programs and publications. Good to have you all in studio. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm going to start off with a question. Each of you is going to have a bite at this one. Consider broadly what COVID did for all of us, the whole world. Everybody was, was really knocked sideways. Everybody felt the hit in whatever way, whether it was actually their health or it was maybe just their sense of isolation and, and, and living a life that they're not used to. How are you able to help just to bring some comfort and reassurance to people? And how are you able to get people behind the drive to be vaccinated so that they were better able to cope with COVID? One of the biggest challenges when uh, COVID started um, was the lack of credible information about the pandemic. But not only that, but just um, this new normal and this new reality that no one knew how to explain. And so besides spiritual support and um, all the counseling and all the different initiatives that we did during the time, we also took it upon ourselves to provide people with credible information or lead people to their most credible information and the most accurate information possible at the time. We ourselves as spiritual leaders often didn't know what, what was what, but what contributed to the sense of fear and the sense of dread in people's lives, which was a major issue at the time, was that people just didn't know, is COVID ever going to end? What's the nature of this disease? Are we all going to die? <laughs> um, what happens when I have COVID? How do I, how do I get out of it? And uh, personally, when I got it during uh, July of 2020, that I used it as an opportunity to say, hey, I'm in this now <laughs> as well. So this is how I'm navigating out of it as well. This is what I'm learning. This is what I know about it. Did you feel that you had earned your stripes? <laughs> like, almost as if you needed to get COVID you so know? that you, you could talk to people about having COVID. It certainly helped uh, because now I wasn't just speaking from a vacuum. I wasn't speaking just from Googling information. I was going through it. People asking me, oh, so you've got it now. Oh, so it is real. <laughs> first of all, that's what many people said. Oh, you've got it. So it is real. <sighs> all right. That's the first thing. All right. So how do you feel? Then I could relate because uh, now it's someone they knew, someone close to them, someone they had access to. Now um, I could relate the story. And uh, it certainly helped that they could put a familiar face to the pandemic. Yeah. Matthew, did you have a, a similar sense of fear with the people that you were, you were counseling? Were they also showing that, that the uncertainty was also some uh, was also as big as COVID itself. Um, I think it might have been a big blend. You know, I think sometimes Christians are notorious for being uh, a bit over the top, um, especially when it comes <laughs> yeah. to vaccinations and diseases and conspiracies. And so there was a lot of people on both sides of the coin where there were people that had a lot of faith through it, and then there were a lot of people that were very extremely skeptical in a in a very natural sense. And I also managed to get COVID um, and earn my stripes in, I think, January 2021. <laughs> okay, because I was afraid to ask. I'm yeah. glad you told us. <laughs> no, so I, I like, 
at the end of the day, if if you, when you're leaning into your faith, you you should have that reassurance from from your God, from your deity, that like things are going to work out, you know. And that was just what my journey was. Was like, this is just something that's happened before. It's not something that's completely new. There's been the the, the Spanish flu that wipes out hundreds of millions of people in the early 20th century, but there's we're so much better equipped to handle it now. And you know, whether or not the government are doing shady deals and stuff that it doesn't really matter. I need to keep walking my journey. I need to keep focusing on like my own uh, mental and physical health and helping the community around me. And that's what we did. We gathered to help our communities through online shows. One of them was called Lights in the Darkness, where we felt like we were in a really dark situation and we're trying to bring light to people in those moments, but also practically on the ground, doing food parcels and all that kind of stuff to actually meet the needs of the people that actually lack the security to cope with these um, challenges. Did you find that the vaccines somehow represented the light that you were trying to bring? Did people see it that way? I don't see anything man-made as an answer i just see it as a vehicle to moving forward and i think that i mean i i've had all my jabs and i'm like i want to travel i want to see my parents that live overseas i want to be able to communicate to people here in south africa and around the world and if if not being vaccinated is going to hold me back then i don't i don't want mm. that so yes i think in terms of taking what we believe in to to our communities and the world around us and also just being the leaders that lead by example and saying we've done this it's not what it's being vilified as so yeah we do encourage like just go just go do it it's actually just really chill just move on with life please. move on yes yeah <laughs> rabbi i know you can you can sell stuff because you're just a natural born salesman <laughs> i i need you to sell me on the idea of taking a vaccine where would you start so from a Jewish point of view, it's actually quite a simple sale because one of the probably most intricate, most important parts of our entire religion is a Hebrew word or Hebrew line called v'chai b'hem. You've got to live by the Torah. You've got to live by religion. And if you've passed away, you can't achieve any more in the world because you're not living. And therefore, if there is a pandemic that is causing people to die and the way to be able to overcome the pandemic is via vaccine, it's critical about it. And us as a Jewish community... Not so much, not, I'm very involved in the organization, but we actually have an organization called Hatsala Medical Rescue, which has a, it's quite a big ambulance service which runs within the, it's not made for the Jewish community, but it's within the, within the areas that we all live. And the rule is we service everyone and anyone within the area. And if a person is outside of that circle, whether another ambulance service will get there first, we always would call them. And we actually understood as a medical service, we actually opened up a vaccine site. Mm -hmm. We vaccinated just over 50,000 people. Wow. It wasn't Jews only. It was anybody yeah. across all religions, across all creeds, made no difference. We vaccinated. At points, we actually went out to other sites in order to assist. So it was literally about vaccinating as many as we can. We actually recently stopped shut down the site because the necessity for it had obviously fallen away based on the mass and there's many other sites out there. But the truth is it was more than just about educating. We said we've got to be proactive about it. And it's an absolute no-brainer by every single one. And I can't talk about for every rabbi out there, but I could say no question, 98% plus absolutely drove it and led by absolute example. And I, th I think also it's fair to say that COVID doesn't really care about your religion, your no, race, no, color, all. class or culture either. We're going to take a brief pause and we'll be back right after this.
when I engage in issues of um, healing within a traditional African context, it does not only speak to what is happening to my lungs, but it also speaks to what is happening in my family line. It speaks of stuff that psychology has still has questions around, stuff like being depressed and it being owed to your genetics. And so when I go to a traditional healer, they're not only concerned with who's before them, but they're concerned even with family members that are away from me. That is liberating. So we can't ignore that. But at the very same time, we need to make sure that African religions and traditions do not fall into the same trap that Western Christianity fell into, and that is overconfidence and wanting to have monopoly over knowledge systems. Luiso, do you think people show a greater appreciation or value life more now, given that what COVID did was just wake us up to the reality of what a public health issue, a global pandemic can do? Do people value what they have now more than ever before? Yeah, it's very interesting that uh, as a human race, we change occurs to us internally when we are at the precipice, where we are at the end of ourselves, when we are in crisis mode. We are awakened to certain realities and certain truths. And so, yes, definitely, I'm seeing... Um, a great appreciation uh, for life, for the brevity of life, for the need for God, for the need of community, fellowship. Um, there is that awakening. Um, on the other hand, I am concerned that even during such times when we were going through the pandemic and we were all having this uh, epiphany that I'm describing, we did see, in particular in South Africa, arise in certain violent crime. Mm. Okay, so we are in this this moment that's awakening us to the to appreciate life, but we we're seeing uh, the, the the lowering of a respect of human life and dignity as well through the crime and the corruption that took place around COVID funds. We see the same thing. So you know it concerns me. And now where we are at the pandemic stage uh, that we are now in 2022, there is some complacency as well that's creeping in mm. in terms of all the precautions that we're taking mm. before and just, um, you know, us going in the opposite direction of what I, I just described earlier. But certainly, um, COVID-19 did show us that there are certain things that are much more important than what kind of job you have, where you are in life, uh, the material that... Just living, life itself is the most important thing. The people around us, the people in our lives are really important um, that we should appreciate even the small things yeah. uh, as well. So, yeah, we, we uh, COVID, that was the collateral beauty of, of COVID. <laughs> there is beauty still to be found. Yeah. Matthew, do you think we are getting better at communicating now, given that we had to use and to create systems of communication just to get people to be aware uh, of COVID, its dangers, and the value of vaccines. Let's be very clear. COVID hasn't gone away. So we have to continue to rely on these systems. Do you think we are we getting better at this, or are we still hesitant and holding back? I think in a very general sense, um, most of humanity is not actually progressive, and it takes a 10% of leadership to actually take people to where they want to go um i think that with uh the growth in social media platforms uh people have become increasingly more self-absorbed and um you know just caring about themselves and not really the things around them and they'll mm -hmm. only do what kind of suits their needs because that's kind of what's projected and expected of you um in modern culture and so i think that 
in the future, obviously, we would have learned a lot of lessons from COVID-19 and we can definitely win. And if this does happen again in a shorter amount of time than the previous world pandemic, that we are maybe able to shift back into those reflexes and say, we've, we've done this before, we can do it better this time. But the one thing you notice online is just how the gap between people is widening in there's no sense of unity and it, everybody's wrong, it, I'm only right. And everybody doesn't see that there's just a commonality that we're all actually in this together. And how do we get to the best possible results without egos getting in the way and our own uh, agenda and actually just look towards other people and say, how can I serve best mm. the community around me? How can I actually be of use to other people instead of expecting them to be of use to me? But I think that, yeah, unfortunately, with our great exposures to online, uh, we're increasingly uh, aware of our own insecurities, the things that we think we're bad at. And so we just keep diving back into that space in search of not validation, but a distraction. Um, and there, there, there will always just be a, a space where there is just tons of entertainment because people are not actually looking for self-development. They're looking mm. for distraction from self. But I think that as people become aware of this, um, that they, they can actually develop in their in themselves and they can grow as in their own characters and as a person. Um, and it's okay to take risks. It's okay to fail. Sure. It's, it's like, oh, okay, cool. We can we can actually make improvements. We can get better. We can actually work as a community. We can be in, interdependent, not dependent or yeah. completely independent. Yeah. And I think that's where our communities need to go. It, it's a fair point you raised, and I'd like to direct this to Rabbi, about clearly we weren't entirely successful in getting people to understand the dangers of COVID and how do we address it, the value of vaccines. If, if we could have done it again, what would we do differently? So it's an interesting question that. So I'm not sure there's that much to do different. The honest truth is, did people, were people worried about it and people didn't follow it? They did. And is it true that many people are still wary and precarious about it? They are. Mm -hmm. But that becomes down to a lack of trust. We live in a world now where people, it's an interesting headspace. We all live, we all have our rights. Mm. And everyone talks about how many rights I have. We forget that every right needs to be um, balanced with a responsibility. Mm -hmm. And we live in this world where every, I do a lot of talks to youth and young adults and teenagers. And the whole world is, it's my right. And people get so caught on their own personal right to forget their responsibility yeah. Yeah. at the same time they needs to run with it. And from my point of view, what would we do different? I think we need to create a trust more generally in life. People weren't necessarily, some people were anti-vaccine because they felt it was a government fraud. They fought and internationally. Sure. People didn't trust the world health. There's a lack of trust out there. And I think we need to start in the world in general, start understanding that there can be trust and there's got to be a, it's not even, I mean, I believe in belief in religion, no question, but belief out there at the same time, not if things are only about you. Mm -hmm. One of the beauties, and it's a funny word to use, one of the beauties of COVID was, as we understood how, and we were talking about everyone having COVID, so I've had it more than once. Mm -hmm. So I trump you, Oaks, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the honest truth is the reality, the beauty of the vex of, of COVID was, it, you can't hold it. You can't touch it. You actually can't even see it or smell it. But it is something at the end of the day, that if I don't look after myself, I'll affect somebody else. Mm -hmm. I understood at the end of the day, yes, I have my right to do what I want, but that right can kill somebody. 
That right, if I have COVID and I go into a public place, I'll get somebody else to have COVID. If they've got comorbidities, they could die. It's not only about my right in life, it's about my responsibility that runs with it at the same time. So what would I change? I think it's an in general change, not a COVID change in my mind. So change of people understand the responsibility they have as humans to themselves and to others. And when we mm. stop living a life, it's all about my personal right. And really at the same time as a human, I've got a responsibility to the human race at the same time, I'll understand what the vaccine's importance is about. It's not about me being safe. I have no comorbidities. I'm fit. I'm strong. I'll probably live through it. Who cares? But what about the person next door? What about the next person around you? And I think it's more than a COVID discussion. If we change that space, I think the COVID discussion becomes a lot easier. And I think leadership as a rule and as a role need to understand we need to start once and for all understanding and giving the message of the balance of right and responsibility. That, I believe, is a huge transfer to change anything like this that comes our way again. Well, two pastors and a rabbi walk into a bar (laughs) and they talk about how they got COVID. (laughs) There you have it. Join us again next time on Vuma Podcast. Let's talk faith. Remember, COVID-19 has not gone away and being vaccinated greatly reduces your chances of severe illness, long COVID, hospitalization, and even death. Take care, stay safe, and we'll see you next time.